When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to Season 4 of Pigeon Hockey, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris, and on this episode, we want to welcome back special guest, the scout for the USHL's Madison Capitals, Gary Biggs. Gary, welcome back to the show. Hey, what's going on? How are you? Uh, it's nothing much going on here. Uh been pretty busy during my move. It's been kind of chaos, as me and you were talking right before the podcast. I got to go maybe deal with some vehicle issues, uh, something that's a great addition to any move. Um <laughs> But, you know, but uh, how, how's life been going? Uh, you, you've been, made some big changes since the last time we had you on a podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm still with the Titans serving as their director of scouting. Um, like I mentioned to you previously um, with Madison, I joined that staff back in July um, and trying to do two teams. It's hectic, man. <laughs> All over the place, living <laughs> on the road. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine you're driving right now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm driving right now. Um, going to be heading up to New England for the New England Christmas tournaments, and then um, I'll have a few days off for Christmas, and then back up to New England. <laughs> so, um, constantly on the road. I was in Pittsburgh over Thanksgiving for the prep hockey or uh, Northeast Pack. Um, yeah, so putting a lot of miles on, um, but get some good podcasts to listen to, like yours, and uh, just move on with the day. Well, we appreciate that. I know that, uh, like I said, with you, you scouting for um, the Madison Capitals as well as the director of scouting for the NAHL's uh, New Jersey Titans. Junior hockey is very close to uh, your heart. And so I know that um, that's how a lot of uh, I know a lot of GMs, uh, coaches, scouts, parents, players find us is uh, um, they said, well, I just look for junior hockey podcast and pop, you popped up. So. I've had some, uh, especially some head coaches in college and stuff reach out and they're like, I would not have known about these players had you not talked about, you know, opening up the the West Coast to uh, a new set of listening ears is always important for a lot of these players to advance. And we've seen some pretty big advancements in the last couple, the last couple of years. It's always awesome to be able to talk to those within the junior hockey world and and get a little bit more insight into, into what it's like. Yeah, uh, I think that's it's it's all education, right? Like um, I read everything, <laughs> I listen to everything, um, and then you formulate your own opinion on what you see and what you hear. And um, at the end of the day, there's no science to it. Um, it's it's just your beliefs and what you hear in education. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think even the guys at the pro level, when you talk to them, they say the same thing. There's no science to it. All you can do is just be as prepared as you possibly can. Um, when you're evaluating the talent. We get a lot of questions on that because we get a lot of, over the years, parents that reach out. I say in the beginning of our podcast, usually we're, we're not hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans. And uh, parents reach out and, and they want to know what's the next best thing they can do for their, their player, uh, their child to advance them. Um, how do they get noticed and stuff? So uh, what's, what's like, I know you probably get that question a lot as a as a director of scouting and a scout 
what's some good tips and advice for some of those parents out there that are sometimes you see the birth dates and it's like just keep them playing in U16. <laughs> like there's no reason <laughs> to do all these extra steps right now. But uh, I mean, that's my opinion is just kind of a, a major fan of this. But uh, what would be some of your advice to some of the parents and, and players looking out there? They kind of get noticed as their 06s and 07s and such. Yeah, and I think it, it varies on the birth year. I think it varies on, honestly, where you're playing, right? Um, obviously, like the Tier 1 Elite League does a really good job of marketing their players. So those programs always get seen. Like the the big programs in the Midwest, like the Chicago Mission, they're, they're always playing the major tournaments out east. Um, you have the Prep Hockey Conference. You have northeast pack um there was a good tournament here not too long ago in jersey and woodbridge uh, with some of the top teams in the country um but if you're not in that realm like I, I always tell kids it's 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 always okay to go to a camp right a tryout camp um especially if you're younger um like I, i'm not going to mention the player's name um but the first kid we tendered this year the, for the titans he was at our main camp last year um we didn't really we tracked them through the fall um and then we tried tracked him to the tender date which was november 1st but he really popped off at our camp and it was a no-brainer that on the first day that we could sign him we were going to sign him and that's all because he came to a tryout camp um so for for parents listening it's you don't have to do everything <laughs> you know like there's, there's obviously budgets and everything that have to be met but you do have to put yourself out there sometimes um they're not all money grabs buddy grabs i hear that all the time um it's strategic right like email the coach, email the general manager, email the director of scouting and, and try to have a conversation with them and see what they're looking for. Um, because every team's looking for something different, right? Just because the Titans are, or Madison's looking for this doesn't mean Chicago and North Iowa are looking for the same thing. Right. So, um, have those dialogues and, and make the most educated decision on what's best, right? Um, I usually tell kids that are starting their junior hockey process, usually at that 16U level or even 15U level for some kids, um, try to limit it to three tryout camps, right? If you could do three at that 15U year or 16U year, you're, you're in good shape. And then hopefully that sets you up for a strong first year of 18U. And if you need that second year of 18 it's not the end of the world either. You know, um, a lot of good players in the North American League have two years of 18U experience. Um, so that would be my generic, generic um, recommendation. Okay. So for those um, parents that maybe don't have the, the budget for some of these camps, um, what would be, or especially the players, because uh, I know the parents and players are listening, um, what would be their best bet? Uh, should they um, be emailing a lot of coaches and GMs? Should they be, I see players with their own website, players that make their highlight videos. What would be the best thing to recommend if, if budget is a slight concern? Yeah, I think video always helps, right? Like if you have, not so much the highlight videos, right? Like if you have game footage, right? Or you have your shifts clipped, right? Most of us have Instat these days, um, which is a great program where, it, cu it cuts every player's shifts. Um, but if you if you want to grab the bull by the horns and just get after it, you could do that yourself and send that right to us. I know every email I get, um, I'm a little anal about it, I guess you could say. I, I open it and I watch, right? Because, like, <laughs> who knows, right? Like, it's part of my job, yeah. you know? So they don't, they don't go ignored. Um, you may not get a response, but you're on the radar. Um, and 
like for us at the Titans, we, we have about eight really talented scouts that work underneath me. And I know at Madison, we have about the same, you know, so um, if it's not me directly watching you at one event, it might be one of our scouts. Yeah, and I think uh, it, it's important for, for players to know that that uh, it isn't all about trying to get to all the camps. Um, sometimes you just got to get your uh, get some eyes on you. And a non-response doesn't mean you're not being watched. It's uh, kind of like with some of our, our highlight episodes um, and some of our awards episodes. If uh, we, you know, we do like top tens and top fives, depending on the league, just because the player hasn't cracked like our awards episode doesn't mean we haven't noticed that player every month and maybe that player just falls shy in terms of our overall rankings i think one of the the players i i see just got traded this past week uh he got traded with another player and i'm like well i'm very familiar with both of them i think they've both been award winners I'm like well actually one has the other i said i know the other's name because i've been monitoring them all season and they're always close but i don't actually think they've cracked their top 10. so i think sometimes players are like well i'm just being ignored i'm i'm beginning the sh- cold shoulder I'm not getting an award or these scouts aren't paying attention to me. They might be. In fact, they might just silently watch. And I think that's uh, sometimes I think, yeah, and some of these players, uh, and I've seen it, I've seen it in, in multiple levels. Attitude makes a big difference. And when, when scouts and GMs and coaches are watching for players that they want to add to their roster down the road, those little actions that happen on the ice when you see a player get upset, when you see a player maybe do something you wouldn't necessarily want in your organization, those the player could be somebody you've been eyeing for a really long time, and then you see some actions in a game or two, you're like, eh, we might look elsewhere. We want something else. So as a, as a scout and a director of scouting, how big of a role does the player's actions on the ice in terms of an engagement with the refs getting in and out of the arena? Because sometimes you guys are there to watch them come in and out. How do they interact with teammates? How do they interact with coaches? How do they interact with refs? How big of a role is that in terms of uh, what scouts are looking for? Well, it's massive. I mean, like the way I view it, um, and I'm not sure how everybody views it, but how I view it is when I recruit a player or I, I recommend a player to one of my organizations, I feel like that player is a direct relation to me, right? So if the kid has a poor attitude or the kid doesn't work out because of off ice issues. Like that's a direct reflection of my judgment of character. Right. And as a scout, what are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be evaluating talent and judging the character and everything like that. So it, it goes hand in hand. It's, it's part of the evaluation process. Um, obviously there are some things that you could kind of look over, maybe some immaturity, the kid will mature, um, but it, it is a big part of it, right? Obviously, you want good people around your organization. You want good people, good teammates um, that are going to have a good relationship with the coaches and, and their teammates. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's a massive piece, right? And uh, even for us, right, like I tell my scouts all the time, like write that stuff down. Like, I mean um, – for the parents and players listening, like we, we have over 500 players that we, the Titans have reported on this year with probably over 700 scouting reports. Right. So that's oh my, my job. Is to read. So my job yeah. is to read all that stuff and process it and formulate the list. And, and the reality of the situation is we're, we're looking for eight kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so, so you have all that information and you don't want any of that negative light shining on you. Right. Especially cause you work so hard for this stuff as a player, right? You don't want a one bad day to, to ruin a good opportunity. 
Yeah, and I think that's uh, it's an important thing for for players to to hear um, and for parents to definitely recognize is that uh, the the attitude of the player and and how they interact with everyone around them is a very critical factor. In fact, uh, back again when uh, I was editing the podcasts for uh, NutriZone, uh, Brian Putnam, the uh, one of the scouts for the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, was talking about a particular player that they were very fond of they were wanting to recruit this player and then they got a bunch of reports on certain attitude issues and they read those reports and they just scratched his name off the list they're like it was really disappointing because he was such an amazing talent but the tampa bay lightning weren't willing to bring in uh somebody they felt might be toxic to the locker room culture uh so they just moved on um right yeah it's just and like so, any facet of life you want good people around you <laughs> Yeah, it's important. The locker room dynamic is very important. And when you get the, when a cancer sets into a locker room, because I think if anyone's played hockey long enough, everyone's been in that one of those locker rooms at some point. Uh, when it sets in, it, the dynamic of the whole team changes and nobody wants to be there anymore, <laughs> um, whether you're Correct. winning or losing. <laughs> Correct. And uh, no. Yeah. And so that's another question I tend to get because uh, I get a player sometimes pretty upset with the, the team that they're on in terms of the team's losing. Uh, they're routinely losing. And especially if they, you know, you as an ex-goalie and me as an ex-goalie, uh, when those losers start to pile up as on us goalies as well, it, it becomes a little bit of a, a mental struggle to always be boom, ready for that game. Importance level uh, of actual wins, because I know players want to be on championship rosters. Those are always fun to be on. Everyone likes to be on a winning team. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, does it really matter to – scouts whether you're on a winning or losing team uh simple answer is no i i've never went to go watch a kid based off his hockey ranking quite honestly um obviously the better teams always get more eyeballs um but if you're not on one of those teams doesn't mean you're not going to get viewed i can promise you that um especially if you give us a good reason to go watch you um i think I speak for all scouts, right? You're always looking to find that under the radar type of kid, right? So if I get a lead on something that no one else has, right, I'm definitely going to go watch, right? Um, like I, I watch a lot of tier three hockey myself, right? Like a lot of tier three kids say like, well, it's tier three. I'm never going to move up to tier two. Um, that's not true. I, I like we had a player two years ago, Tyler Sanborn, who has now moved on to play division three hockey, but he helped us win a Robertson cup. I got him out of tier three hockey, you know? So um, simple, simple answer. No, it doesn't matter if your team's winning or losing. Does it help if they're winning? Obviously it does. But at the end of the day, I'll go watch anybody anywhere, right? And I think the best guys that are in this industry and the best organizations have probably have that same mentality. And I think it's important for, for players to, to know that, that uh, at the end of the day, you're the person that they're watching. You're the player that they're watching. They're not watching how your team performs. Uh, they're watching how you perform with your team. And I think that's important. So let's take a moment to recognize the sponsor for this episode, and that's going to be DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. My Sabres visit the Leafs this weekend, and there's a 1.5 spread. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All are deserved. We again want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. Another big question I tend to see is what's the most important? And this changes. And this is going to change, I think, per scout. Um, yeah. And per, but what's the most important factors that a scout is looking for when they're watching a player? We know about like hockey IQ. Uh, we know about skating, uh, stick handling, all that stuff. What, what would be the most important factors that you're generally looking for when you're looking at taking a look at uh, going for a player? Yeah, I, I, I think obviously the like you just said, the skill, like all that stuff needs to check off the boxes. But I think the one thing leads for the Titans and the Madison Capitals that we look for is the pace in which the player plays at and the constant compete level. Um, there's probably the one thing that gets a kid crossed off the quickest for me is the lack of back check through the neutral zone. Um, because when you play at these levels, guys, like it's fast, right? There is no coasting, right? It's played at a million miles an hour. And if you can't do that at midget, like you're never going to do that for us at junior. Yeah. Some, some kids, they handle better than other kids. Some kids possess a hard shot, all that other stuff. But the one thing that's kind of a prereq for, for my staffs is compete level and pace. All right. So the gas factor. And that's that's important. The uh, the compete level, um, it, it, the back check. I've seen some games. I won't call out the games. If anyone listens to the podcast, you'll know specifically what games I've called out in the past with specific teams, uh, where the, it's it's over. Like the game seems to be over before it started halfway through a first period. Nobody's back checking. Uh, the goalie's being hung out to dry. The, there's just no compete, and it's really disappointing like yeah you might be down a good chunk of goals but if you're not even trying to throw in an effort there it's it's horribly noticeable and that's why sometimes when you see a team that's given up but you see those one or two players that just haven't and they're down in a 14 to 1 game and yet somehow this defender is still sliding across for a block shot that's yeah. that's something i see and that really stands out to me it's like you're clearly not winning this game it's halfway through the third period it's 14 to 1 and this kid is still going out of his way to dive and block a shot. Correct. Um, we we actually had a, a youth player um, in our Titans organization um, recently commit to a school. Um, and the reason why that school committed to him um, pretty much was his last shift in a 7-0 loss. <laughs> he was like, the kid was just keep kept going, <laughs> you know. And yeah. It, yeah. It's it, that shows character that shows all the intangibles, like all the stuff that you can't really coach. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, those are the factors that again, scouts notice. I mean, it's, I always talk about specific players and particularly uh, one that I, I think I've called out a couple times in the last couple years. Cause he was with the, the Utah outliers um, when they were tier three organization. I think he was one of only two or three players that they brought on when they went up to the NCDC this year. And I'm not surprised who's one of the two or three players that they brought on because people are always looking for the goal scores. They're looking for those big dynamic goal scores that are putting up the, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 goals. 
And uh, like Lucas Olette was not one of these players, but when you watched him, I'm like, he's a, he's a player that if you're a hockey fan, you're really not going to notice. But if you're a scout, you have like eyes on, like he seems to just do everything right. And so I think he routinely made our uh, players of the year, uh, players of the month list last year. And so it wasn't a surprise to see him get promoted to that tier two level. And then like guys like even Robin Benoit, who was with Bakersfield last season and uh, repeatedly made our list. I mean, just, yeah, he put up some points. He wasn't the biggest goal scorer on the, on the team, but he put up some points, but it was just his play. It was just the smart, the incredibly smart hockey plays that you'd see from him. And so when he got picked up by, he got picked up by everybody. I mean, he got picked up by tier two. He got picked up by the USHL. He got picked up mm-hmm. by the Q. He got picked up by, uh, I think he's at Omaha, Nebraska now for NCAA yep. D1. I mean, just an incredible player. And, and you could see it on the ice. You could see he was just making such smart hockey plays uh, yeah. that he just stood out. And so, and and that's what players look at. Like, again, he wasn't the top goal scorer on the team. He produced points. Um, there's a lot of players that, uh, you know, just keep that fight going. And I, I don't know the guy's name, but the guy who just made the Penguins roster at age 27. Yeah, Mark Johnstone. He's a Jersey yeah. boy, Jersey area. Yeah, and so I mean, the the players that at some point give up because they're they they're not going to get noticed by that, or like, oh, I'm just going to end up in ACHA. You know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm pretty much done playing hockey now. I'll just play college hockey and I'll end. And that's like, yeah, you can you can keep the fight going. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's the mistake a lot of players make too, right? They say, oh, I just want to go play club hockey. I always tell kids, you should watch a club hockey game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those guys recruit, man. They're they're at yes, the they showcase. Like I, I think Minot, who won the na- national title at the ACHA T one level last year, had nothing but tier two kids on the team. You know, so it, it's it's hard. Like hockey's hard, and the kids that want to invest the time into it and energy, like um, there are avenues, but you, you got to compete. You can't like everybody's trying to build a roster. You know, it's not always yep. the best 20, 24 kids. Um, it's sometimes I need a penalty killer. Sometimes I need a puck moving D. Sometimes I need a left shot D versus a right shot D, right? So there's a lot of obstacles in your way. A lot of times, like I said at the beginning, like you got to put yourself out there and it only takes one guy to say yes. And that's what it is. And I think, again, what backtracking a little bit to your uh, club hockey thing with the ACHA, uh, it. It has a connotation from years ago, but the ACHA has become incredibly competitive, have put together some amazing teams. And uh, going to an ACHA team versus NCAA team it doesn't mean anything different when you're look, when it's being scouted at a higher level. If you're competing and you're performing, you're going to get noticed by maybe those NCAA teams. Uh, who was right. it? I think a goalie for Arizona just got put up to the, uh, the NCAA Arizona team. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember his name either. Age is a funny thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> getting older, you just forget everything when you need to actually remember it. Uh, but I think just seeing that compete level of some of these players, it's like if you keep competing, you will get noticed. And the the attitude is a very important thing. How you perform on the ice, no matter what the scenario, is a very important thing. There is no, oh, I'm just playing at this level of hockey anymore because it's become – so competitive at so many levels of hockey, including even youth sports, uh, very competitive hockey up there in Canada, or I should say up here in Canada. I am here now, but you know, <laughs> youth sports is, 
It's a, you can get eyes on if you're playing your game and you're performing at the best level. Somebody's watching. There's Correct. always, and like you said, there's even if maybe like for your teams, uh, if, if the New Jersey Titans or the Madison Capitals aren't specifically in the mix for a specific uh, player type, like they're not in the mix for any left wingers, fully stocked, both teams fully stocked on left wingers, but your team or you are noticing a couple left wingers out there. It's like, whew, this player's incredible. But then it's, you, you know, your fellow scout reach out to you. is like, hey, I know you guys are pretty short on left-handed D. Uh, I've been noticing this player. We don't need him, but you might want to take a take a look because scouts talk. Scouts talk and they share that information when they're like, my teams don't need this, but I know what I can reach out to some of my fellow teams. Like, hey, if I could, if, if we had space to pick this player up, we'd try to sign him. Right. Take, give him a look. Right. It, it, it is a lot of relationships. It is a small circle. We all try to help each other to a certain extent. Right. You don't you don't want to help too much because you don't want to lose start losing hockey games. <laughs> but yeah, uh, um, but to a certain extent, I think furthermore, too, right, like at the top, whether it's the USHL or the North American League, the top organizations, like I, I said earlier, like we have notes on a lot of kids. You may end up in the North American League. You may not start with us. But I guarantee you, I probably have a report on you somewhere. And if you do get put on the trade block, I'm probably reading those reports. You know, so again, it it, it is treated like pro hockey at the junior level, uh, at least at the tier one and tier two. Um, and that that's what our staffs do, right? Like we're detailed, we're we're strategic, and and I think the best teams that consistently win, um, I don't think it's it's shock, right? They have good scouting staffs. It is like I don't remember a time a coach one without good players, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it is, it is the lifeline to these organizations. And for the players listening out there, like it's, you just never know who's watching you. My mom said that to me when I was younger, right? And it still holds true today. You just never know, <laughs> right? I want, yeah. I just popped yeah. it. I popped in to go say hi to my EHL friends the other day. And I, I watched a full EHL game. Those kids had no idea a null scout was there <laughs> or yep. a USHL yep. guy, right? Like, it, and it's just, I spent the time. I, I went and watched a few kids and that's it. You know, like you just never know. Yeah. And you never know who's watching. I mean, even some of these, uh, like you said, for something as simple as for us, a podcast, the amount of times we've been reached out to by various organizations within the U.S. and Canada, colleges, uh, tier two programs, specifically a program. I remember that they sent me a message like, are you aware of any, <laughs> it was just, are you aware of any D1 talent that you're currently watching from the, 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 the games that you watch? And it was from a tier two program in Canada. I won't mention the league because that'd be too specific, <laughs> but it was from a tier two program in, in the middle of Canada. So I will specify it does not come from like the, the East coast. This was a tier two program in central Canada somewhere. Um, and they're just, are you aware of any D one talent that maybe we should be taking a look at uh, a couple of these players would definitely be somebody I'd be willing to give a look at for at least going up to tier two right now, whether or not they could be tier one really truthfully depends on if they compete there at tier two. That was that. Just yeah, go back to being quiet <laughs> because uh, sometimes programs are just looking and they, they will reach out to different sources. And like I said, we have a pretty good foundation on the Western teams out here. It's not so much this year as uh, the move has been chaotic. I don't get to watch anywhere near as much hockey and won't be making it out to the showcases this year as uh, as I'd hope to. But uh, who knows? Maybe some natties I'll get to. We'll see. But um, 
I think it's important for players and, and parents to hear this uh, from someone right there in the game. And, and Gary, we'll probably be bringing you back on here in the coming months as well to talk a little bit more details. And I know that uh, my co-host couldn't make it on this one, but he, uh, being fairly new to junior hockey, had some questions that I wouldn't even be able to predict he might have uh, <laughs> when it comes to just learning more about junior hockey. Because, um, you know, he'll just ask the questions too. He's like, well, what makes the – what's different from what's a null compared to the, the USHL. I don't understand. And I'm like, Oh, well, the USHL is the top level. It's tier one. And then you've got the null, which is tier two. These programs, I said, just like how the AHL and stuff can feed into the NHL. And then you got the ESHL down there is tier three, so to speak, tier three. These, these leagues feed into each other. And so he, he's like, okay, I, I get it a little bit. And, but where does this team, where does this league fit? I'm like, well, okay, this team. And so, I think those questions would be very important for for him to be able to ask in a future episode because there's yep. a lot of parents and, and players trying to navigate the junior hockey world and they just they don't know where to start. It's it's always good to to get those expert opinions. But Gary, we'll save some of those questions for the next podcast and uh, we'll give you the rest of your day back. And uh, <laughs> I know the but uh, we do want to thank uh, you again for jumping on with us again today. Yeah, anytime. I'm looking forward to continuing to talk to you guys, and um, you guys do a great job. So let me know if you guys need anything. We we enjoy talking to you. And again, your your episode was the most popular uh, downloaded episode prior to uh, a couple months ago when a few episodes just went nuts. But yours was yours was always peaked at the top with our with our podcast. So I know that listeners were definitely intrigued to hear what uh, what a director of scouting had to say. So. Uh, we want again thank you for joining us. He's the scout for the USHL's Madison Capitals as well as the director of scouting for the NAHL's New Jersey Titans. Uh, we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date. This was Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.